Section twenty of Irish Fairy Tales by James Stevens. The Boyhood of Fune, Chapter Eight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Fano Jahangiri. Irish Fairy Tales by James Stevens. Fune went away, and now he was alone. But he was as fitted for loneliness as the crane is that haunts the solitudes and bleak wastes of the sea. For the man with a thought has a comrade, and Fion's mind worked as fitly as his body did. To be alone was no trouble to him, who, however surrounded, was to be lonely his lifeline. For this will be said of Fion when all is said, that all that came to him went from him, and that happiness was never his companion for more than a moment. But he was not now looking for loneliness, he was seeking the instruction of a crowd, and therefore when he met a crowd he went into it. His eyes were skilled to observe in the moving dusk and dapple of green woods. They were trained to pick out of shadows birds that were themselves dun-colored shades, and to see among trees the animals that are colored like the bark of trees. The hare crouching in the fronds was visible to him and the fish that swayed invisibly in the sway and flicker of a green bank. He would see all that was to be seen, and he would see all that is passed by the eye that is half-blind from use and want. At my life he came on last swimming in a pool, and as he looked on them sporting in the flush tide, he thought that the tricks they performed were not hard for him, and that he could have shown them new ones. Boys must know what another boy can do, and they will match themselves against everything. They did their best under these observing eyes, and it was not long until he was invited to compete with them and show his mettle. Such an invitation is a challenge. It is almost among boys a declaration of war. But Fion was so far beyond them in swimming that even the word master did not apply to that superiority. While he was swimming, one remarked, he is fair and well-shaped, and therefore he was called Fion, or the Fair One. His name came from boys, and will perhaps be preserved by them. He stayed with these lads for some time, and it may be that they idolized him at first, for it is the way with boys to be stunned and enraptured by feats. But in the end, and that was inevitable, they grew jealous of the stranger. Those who had been the champion before he came would marshal each other, and by social pressure would muster all the others against him, so that in the end not a friendly eye was turned on Fion in that assembly. For not only did he beat them at swimming, he beat their best at running and jumping, and when the sport degenerated into violence, as it was bound to, the roughness of Fion would be ten times as rough as the roughness of the roughest rough they could put forward. Bravery is pride when one is young, and Fion was proud. There must have been anger in his mind as he went away leaving that lake behind him, and those snarling and scowling boys, but there would have been disappointment also, for his desire at this time should have been towards friendliness. He went thence to Lochleyn and took service with the king of Fintray. That kingdom may have been thus called from Fion himself, and would have been known by another name when he arrived there. He hunted for the king of Fintray, and it soon grew evident that there was no hunter in his service to equal Fion. 
more there was no hunter of them all who even distantly approached him in excellence the other ran after deer using the speed of their legs the noses of their dogs and a thousand well-worn tricks to bring them within reach and often enough the animal escaped them but the deer that fion got the track of did not get away and it seemed even that the animal sought him so many did he catch the king marvelled at the stories that were told of this new hunter but as kings are greater than other people so they are more curious and being on the plane of excellence they must see all that is excellently told of the king wished to see him and fion must have wondered what the king thought as that gracious lord looked on him whatever was thought what the king said was as direct in utterance as it was in observation if well the son of fashkina has a son said the king you would surely be that son we are not told if the king of intrai said anything more but we know that fion left his service soon afterwards he went southwards and was next in the employment of the king of kerry the same lord who had married his own mother in that service he came to such consideration that we hear of him as playing a match of chess with the king and by this game we know that he was still a boy in his mind however mightily his limbs were spreading able as he was in sports and huntings he was yet too young to be politic but he remained in politic to the end of his days for whatever he was able to do he would do no matter who was offended thereat and whatever he was not able to do he would do also that was fion once as they rested on a chase a debate arose among the fiona finn as to what was the finest music in the world tell us that said fion turning to Oshin. the cuckoo calling from the tree that is highest in the hedge cried his merry son a good sound said fion and you ask her he asked what is to your mind the finest music the top of music is the ring of a spear on the shield cried the stout lad it is a good sound said fion and the other champions told their delight the belling of a stag across water the baying of a tuneful pack heard in the distance the song of a lark the laugh of a gleeful girl or the whisper of a moved one they are good sounds all said fion tell us chief one ventured what do you think the music of what happens said great fion that is the finest music in the world he loved what happened and would not evade it by the swerve of a hair so on this occasion what was occurring he would have occurred although a king was his rival and his master it may be that his mother was watching the match and that he could not but exhibit his skill before her he committed the enormity of winning seven games in succession from the king himself it is seldom indeed that a subject can beat a king at chess and this monarch was properly amazed who are you at all he cried starting back from the chessboard and staring at fion i am the son of a countryman of the lineage of tara said fion he may have blushed as he said it for the king possibly for the first time was really looking at him and was looking back through twenty years of time as he did so the observation of a king is faultless it is proved a thousand times over in the tales and this king's equipment was as royal as the next you are no such son said the indignant monarch 
but you are the son that more knew my wife bore to well macbalashne and at that fion had no more to say but his eyes may have flown to his mother and stayed there you cannot remain here his stepfather continued i do not want you killed under my protection he explained or complained perhaps it was on fion's account he dreaded the sons of mona but no one knows what fion thought of him for he never thereafter spoke of his stepfather as for morny she must have loved her lord or she may have been terrified in truth of the sons of mona and for fion but it is so also that if a woman loves her second husband she can dislike all that reminds her of the first one fion went on his travels again End of chapter 8